Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George talking about the Invisible Man. Which we just saw in the theater. So this is opening weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw it yesterday. Still, still letting it marinate. <laughs> Dude, it's been a rough, it's been like a rough like, kind of couple days. Cause like one, that movie was great. Not rough. I don't know why I said rough. We saw that movie, but I just have to get this out of here. I know someone, someone needs to hear this. We finished Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure on Disney, <laughs> the Disney Channel. They ended it after uh, Rapunzel the movie, then they did like a cartoon movie, and then three seasons, and then it's done. That's it. I didn't even know that. They've ended it. Dude, I and here's why I'll bring it up on Hollow Weekly. Here's my judgment for before we get into Invisible Man. This is yes. important. It's got a lot of cool monsters, and did you see Rap- uh, 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 Tangled? No. Mm. Well, her boyfriend, Flynn Rider, his dad is voiced by none other than Bruce Campbell. Oh, Bruce. So, and it's got some bitching songs, dude. Like, it has the evil version of, what was the Frozen song? I wonder what he was up to. Doing Let that. It Go? Yeah, it's like they have like their version of the evil Let It Go, and it is awesome. Bruce Campbell's version of Let It Go would be hilarious. Okay, but I just, I do, I was like, I was about to like write the writers. I'm like, this show was great. So I figured I'll just get it out of here. <laughs> throw in the Bruce Campbell thing, get <laughs> it out of there. They're definitely listening. <sighs> okay. Invisible Man. This is not a controversial movie. It's sitting at 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. So That was really, like, that was shocking. And we were talking about how there have been a lot of swings and misses in the last like year and change of horror in mm-hmm. terms of things you were excited about in the like in the lead up to like Godzilla King of Monsters right, right, right. and then not so excited about when you actually go see them. So this had a couple things for you. So first of all, I loved seeing it in IMAX and I loved seeing the Quiet Place 2 trailer in IMAX because I was not sold on Quiet Place 2 trailer when I originally saw it. Then I see it in IMAX and I was like, okay. I'm- Dude, I've seen it so many times well because we got that amc pass i think mm-hmm. i've seen the quiet place trailer like three times on imax and i'm kind of like come on <laughs> and then they have like the two back-to-back vin diesel movies oh yeah that's, yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot of vin diesel i wish he was invisible so what did you think of invisible man i saw so we posted about it in the group and i saw we had we had some conversation with one guy back and forth um on oh, the page yep. of the that the he didn't like the trailers he, or he asked if he should see the movie because the trailers looked whack yes and I agree with him. I thought the trailer... I was not sold on The Invisible Man at first. And I remember I, I got online to play some games with my friends. And I was like, what are you seeing that Invisible Man trailer? They're like, the trailer kind of sucked. And what, I... What, look, can we back up a second? What... Are, are you... Are you fighting for the original Invisible Man at all? Is that part of what's happening here? No, it has, no. Not, it has nothing to do. So with you just that. didn't like the trailer because it was cold and sort of boring. Yeah, like it, like it didn't see, like it just wasn't interesting. Like it just kind of seemed flat compared to like the marketing behind some stuff lately. It didn't Anything have a else. lot of yeah, right. It wasn't vibrant. That's yeah, for sure. yeah. So it, it just it just kind of was flat for me. Like it didn't impress me. Like you know, it looked like it looked like it was going to be okay. Like I didn't think it was going to be a piece of right, shit. Right. Right. Uh, but the movie itself was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like it, like it, it. And so I, so, so I told the one guy in, in the group, like, "Hey, I agree with you. The trailers did nothing for me. Right. But the movie blew, like, it just blew me out of the water. Did not expect it." Um, what about comparing? So you're a monster person. Yeah, you love monster movies, creature features. 
this is Invisible Man's tough. So the I original would, I, one, his look was amazing. The Claude Rains like bandages. Dude, I was I was really hoping they would they would gonna do the bandage until you find out what how he's doing it. I right. was really hoping for like the bandage and the hat, right? <laughs> which was which was incredible. But I thought this was a really good way to visually present this now and have it be fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of like reminded me of what the new Child's Play reboot was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of put the tech twist on it. Yep. Yeah. I well. I've always like it's it's weird because like I always consider the Invisible Man, he's part of the monster universe, right? But right. like I always feel like he's kind of like tucked away in like the sub category of like mad scientist because that's totally. kind of what they are. Like they like they take it too far. Well, yeah, and there's no family, so there's no there's no resurrected dead werewolf zombie vampire. There's no family for the Invisible Man to be in. This this movie felt a lot closer to Hollow Man than the Universal Invisible yeah, yeah, yeah. Invisible Man. Right? Yeah. And that's a good thing because I, right. I love the shit out of Hollow Man. <laughs> right, exactly. That was a great movie. So I thought that this was a spectacular movie. I'm really yeah. high on it. I, I think it's even better than the 90% it's getting credit for right now, believe it or not. But I think we'll discover that over time. One of the things is I just, it was really good to see a movie mess with an audience i haven't seen that in a while since like paranormal right. activity yeah right so like our audience in the theater it was packed and it was well it was near packed in the yeah, like 80 percent, yeah but they at the right parts they were just shocked and stunned and gasping and it was a good someone audience. was having an out loud conversation with themselves the whole time that was, like, yeah, yeah it normally was, it's annoying but like no, but it was kind I of was, great. I was digging it, yeah. <laughs> right, Normally I'd be like, oh, shut the fuck up. But like, this guy, like, he enhanced it. I was like, keep going. Yeah, because he was like, really, you could tell he was really He was like in. the leader of the, of, the, of the cinema. He was like, he would, he would make an opinion. We're like, we agree. He was calling it out for sure. But Elizabeth Moss makes this film, right? But so her, not, nothing to take away. The director, Lee Winnell, did a great job. And, you know, all of that. I think the script has some weaknesses of, of anything. I think the script is probably the There's a lot of like weird shit like we part, were talking about right? way back. So we'll yeah. get to that in a bit. But Elizabeth Moss like makes this movie. It was weird because she had a little bit of Sarah Connor in her. She had a little bit of relentless relentlessness in a tech setting. So like when she got away in the beginning of the movie, um Normally when someone's, you know, sneaking around and trying to flee, you take that as they're retreating or they're, you know, they, they, they got to get away They're You know, it, you, it's hard to portray a character in full flight of retreat and make them seem strong. Mm -hmm. But the way she left felt strong. Yeah. Right. The way she left felt like thought through, planned out. She was a formidable character right from the jump. Right. So like, it's a weird trick to do that, right? To to have a character uh, get away from someone and seem stronger for it. So mm -hmm. I thought it was really cool, really, really high level acting challenge to solve, which she knocked out of the park, like like no doubt. So she did an amazing job. That opening scene's like a little short film because like amazing. Everyone, everyone like was invested in her getting out. Like yep. you just, you just like meet her. Like you meet her waking up and then getting packing her shit and get out. And everyone was like rooting for her to like exceed. You don't know what the fuck this dude even did, but you're just like, you better get out. Totally. Totally. And that's the thing is, you, you know, the attention to detail because let's be honest, the the James Whale did the the original Invisible Man. He's there is no director that was ever worked in the horror genre that's better than James Whale. There's yeah. equal to like you know Hitchcock's and like whatever. But 
I mean, there's no one better than James Whale. So when you're doing something like this, you got to have really good attention to detail, right? Hollow Man had to crap attention to detail. I'm not talking about plot holes. I'm talking about just like whatever payoffs for little things right, and yeah, the vis- yeah. visuals and all that stuff, right? It so, was just a fun ride, right? Right, right. But this one, like, think about this. The the thing you just said, the scene you were talking about, when we meet her, she's, she's laying in bed. She opens her eyes. She looks over. It's like three or four in the morning, whatever it is, right? And she's looking at a clock. And then she, she's in bed with this abusive uh, boyfriend, not husband, right? I don't think they were married, at that point or maybe they were married they must have been married because of the money i don't know they're in a relationship right so so she's in bed with them and then she lifts up the covers because she's trying to sneak out of bed and then do her arrangements to get out of the house right but when she lifts up the covers the very first thing you see is this creepy guy he's got his hand around her waist and the first thing you see is this hand with just like this black background like you can't see anything else it's just this hand emerging out of darkness just hanging on to her which is exactly his role in the entire film and she's like it's gonna be like that right so like literally the first time we met him he doesn't say anything he doesn't even move and we already have character notes on him right yeah. so just that kind of shit is amazing like really well done that that stuff was great what do you think of him as a monster let's do spoilers because there's gonna be a ton of spoilers here guys so just like deal well with like because a- the, there's there's a complexity of this monster there's more than one kind of, yeah yeah, yeah kind of there's like a mastermind kind of like a little charles manson kind of yes <laughs> right people uh as a villain i thought I saw like a lot of people talking like, you know, I was looking in the corners when I went home and I couldn't sleep. That kind of shit. I didn't really feel that that way because right. like I know that these floors creak. <laughs> like I try to like get out of bed and like sneak out. I don't want to look like Alex that you know, get coffee. Right. So I'm like tiptoeing like Tom and Jerry style and like it's creaking. So I know the motherfuckers safe. in here. Right. Like I'll hear them. Um, <laughs> but I thought that when we really got to see him as a villain villain is at the end when they go to have dinner. And I thought his acting at the end was awesome. Totally. Because he's this gaslighting, you know, maniac. Yep. Stalker asshole, dude. Yep. But like, he's just like, he's like fractured a little bit. Like all that steam seeping out of him. And he's trying to keep it together. Totally. And he fucking can't. Even when he's talking to her, he's like choppy. And like, uh, it's just, it's, it's like, it's just like glitchy. He's glitchy. Totally. And you could just see that like, (laughs) like you could see him losing his control and he cannot fucking handle it. And that is like the mad, that's like the part of the mad scientist. Like when they, they try to like defy God or whatever. And like, they realize they can't and like they're trying to come to defeat. He fucking nailed it. And honestly, like, (laughs) you know, it looks like we're going to get the invisible woman next, which is cool. But, or technically you still get the son of the invisible man. Could. Very, very that's a huge spoiler but okay we warned <laughs> but um as a monster no i thought he was great and then his him writing everything on saying surprise for some reason <laughs> I yeah thought- the surprise thing was a little overplayed but i i felt like they were trying to give uh you all his almost all his his punches for the movie had to be audio because you weren't seeing them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so you know, I, <laughs> right. I, I, I liked it. Um, but as but well, I'm I like what about just, you? I'm thinking of like the suit and him coming down the hall. The suit was and cool. And when the suit was glitching out and the way he was, when you did get to see him, the way he was killing people was almost sadistic. Like he was enjoying it and he was trying to do it in ways that were demeaning to the people that he was bringing down, 
right? Mm-hmm. Which was, which is what his character is all about. But even when he was taking on the security guards or the police or whatever the hell they were, he was taking them down in a way that was almost contemptuous, right? Right? It was, it was, it was like the way he fought was like the way I imagine Mark Zuckerberg reacts when you pitch him like an app idea, <laughs> right? Like right. He just seemed like, oh, you guys are going to try to fight me. That's cute. And then like, whatever. So it, it, it was, it was, it was intimidating. And then visually the fact that he was glitching was cool because it was, it was, she had damaged him. Right. Right. So he was all about tech perfection. Like everything was perfect. His house was perfect. His inventions were perfect. His clothes were perfect. The last thing he would want to tolerate is any kind of like flaw. This is not the kind of person who likes Mm -hmm. an ill-tied tie or like whatever, right? And when she was making his suit glitch, I think it was really messing with his head and making him angrier, which was great to watch him get agitated. So visually, I thought he was a cool monster when you got to see him. He looked kind of alien with the monster because it was like... like, He did. Like looked like a bunch of eyeballs and all that other stuff. Totally. I, I I thought it was cool. What did you think about like um, it being the bodysuit that made him invisible and not like some potion that like made his actual? It was. I mean, you had to do that. Yeah. Right? They made him an expert in optics, and it was genius, like the way they did it. And it was essential to the plot, considering that she needed access to the suit slash, right, slash yeah. potion, right? And it would have been less dramatic if she could have just drank it. Instead of like hit it or snuck out with it like she does, right? So like all those things were just improvements, at least for what this is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the Universal Invisible Man. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, right? So like I, he he was growing up, he was actually my favorite Universal monster of, of them all, except for maybe the Bride, right? So, right. um, I I you know you, you would think it would bother me, but I just thought the way they handled it was what the movie needed to do, and it knew that it needed to do it, so it did it. Do you consider? The shots that linger screen time for the Invisible Man. <laughs> well, so you're you're right. There are a lot of shots of like halls and empty. Oh, shot so and... well, dude! It was like it was like they took the POV from Halloween. They're like, well, how do we top that? Exactly. Like, how do we how do we take that to the next level? Exactly. And it went from like beautiful cinematography to potential POV, like every other shot. Yeah. And then, you know, people were like questioning, like, where is he in the frame? Yep. But I started questioning, are we at his POV? Because <laughs> I could never tell. Right. And yeah, exactly. I think that the Halloween thing is a genius way to put it. And even more to the point was, he seemed like he was always on the move to me. Mm-hmm. So I know that most people I talked to who saw the movie, were they were talking about it in terms of, where was he in the frame? Because they were looking in a particular spot. Like, is he standing there? Is he standing there? I don't think he was standing at all. Mm-hmm. I think he was always on the move, which made it worse because that meant even if you caught him for a second in one part of the hallway, he wouldn't be there the next part, right? So that was... He, he he really understood how to use the invisibility. So this is one of the glories of this movie, right? So why make a movie like this, right? Why did they reboot Child's Play? Why did they redo Poltergeist? Why did they? Why do you redo these movies? Why did they remake, you know, Friday the 13th in 2009? So the, the re, obviously cash. Cash right? flow, right? baby. Cash flow. And obviously you want a modern, you know, creators want to crack at the things they grew up with or like whatever and feel like I have an idea And you get to it. hold on to licensing. But the best reason is that you have a fresh take on it. You have a, a way to turn it or twist it or make it original or, you know, something like that. My, my favorite example of uh, like Exorcist 3 is a sequel that exists because Exorcist is one of those movies 
that that punches you in the gut and then leaves you feeling drained, right? So Exorcist 3 is literally the experience of feeling drained and older put on film, right? It's like whatever the emotional impact of watching the first Exorcist is, that's what Exorcist 3 is in its being, is depression, right? So you they had a reason to do it. They, they and they and they they nailed it, right? This this one is interesting because the invisibility powers in every movie, including Hollow Man, have always been underused, right? So, like, you're invisible. That means the primary way they use it is that the Invisible Man can be present where you don't think he is and then spy on you and gain information about you and gain knowledge to use it, leverage against you and and then to just sneak up on you and kill you or whatever. Like, that's the, the main... The threat is... What I expected to see going into this movie was what is this invisible man going to do to bring down Elizabeth Moss's character, right? Like, like he could literally sneak in and kill her, or, you know, kick her ass or whatever. But the movie did two clever things. First of all, it made her the mother of his child. She's pregnant. So he can't kill her. He can harm her. He can beat her down. He can torture her. But he's not going to kill her because his son is his goal, mm-hmm. right? Or presumably his son. Um, and then the second, th- to, from his point of view, anyway, son of a man. But the second thing is that what this did was what. So what was Lee Winnell's thought? His thought was, okay, with visibility, what, what's my fresh take on it? So it's not that the invisible man can just sneak up on you and harm you. It's the framing mechanism. Mm-hmm. He can frame you. He can make it seem like you're doing the things. And no invisible movie that I can think of has has approached that, right? And it becomes glorious in the restaurant scene. That's the first full flower of realizing the implications of the invisible man just being able to like set you up, right? Right. So so I thought the I, I once that happened, first of all, I knew I was in good hands with the director. And mm-hmm. second of all, do you want to pause? Because mm. I don't know what that sound is either. What is it? That's I mean, it sounds like a... I don't even know where it's coming from, but it sounds almost like a smoke detector. Hmm. Okay, cool. Don't matter. Hold for... Whatever the fuck that is. I think some guy's mowing his grass. It's all good. Vacuuming his car. Oh, uh, giving it the old industrial suck. Speaking <laughs> of suck. So anyway, that the, the thing is that I thought it was glorious that they had a legitimate reason to make this movie. This was a new take on it, and the new take was the frame it. And and so and I'm gonna make a prediction now, and this could be totally wrong, but I'm just right. gonna I'm just gonna go for it for our we do this on dedicated Halloween weekly episodes, but I'm gonna randomly insert this one here. Um, trauma was the big horror theme of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's undoubted, at least in my mind, it's undoubted that it's, it's, it's a sure thing to me that the most influential thing Donald Trump has said as a politician ever is the fake news concept. It's, it's, it's spread everywhere. Everyone says it. I see it in news all across. Like if you read news from Saudi Arabia or Russia or whatever, they all are saying fake news. Like it's mm-hmm. the thing that caught on the most, right? Because make America great is fine, but it literally is confined to a country. <laughs> fake news you can deploy everywhere, right? So it was his catchiest you know, thing. We're living in this era and there's a reason for that. So I feel like the, the next genre is gaslighting. I feel like gaslighting 
is going to be its own genre, mm. and we're going to get two years of glorious gaslighting movies, right? In terms of both drama and whatever, because I was like, what does this movie remind me of when I was watching it? And the weirdest thing was it reminded me of Fincher's Zodiac, which is one of my favorite mm. modern movies. And it was because it had that, like, almost investigative pace, but Zodiac was slippery. As soon as you thought you knew a suspect or you were onto something, it, it shifted and you were like, wait, is this movie lying to me? Is that character lying to me? Right. Like it yeah. had that feel, you know? So I think gas, I think this is the, the inauguration of the modern gaslighting genre. And was, which is great because I love the movie gaslight. It's from the forties with Ingrid Bergman. And if we're come back around after 60 years, rock and roll <laughs> gaslight baby, <laughs> right? It's going to be, it's going to be interesting because it's a, it's hard to do in cinema, but that means that just the better directors are going to try to do it. Yeah. What do you think of the rest of the cast other than the Invisible Man? So they, I thought the actors were great. It reminded me a little bit of Dr. Sleep in terms of that I really cared about the characters and still felt they were a little generic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but but I, I care. Want to die, yeah. Right. So I, but but they were good for what they were doing. They just weren't given a lot to do. The movie was clearly Elizabeth Moss's to make work or not. Right, <laughs> right. And um, the cop character was was good, but I mean, the problem is most of the plot holes kind of fall on the other characters. The sister had to believe a stupid email. Right. The cop has to ignore evidence that's clearly in front of him. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Like, so you're starting to judge the characters, but it's because of the script problems, not because of the actors. Right. right I, thought yeah. they were, I thought they were fine. But what'd you think of the actors? No, I thought, I thought they were all great. Like, it was like, um, you know, usually, usually with like some of the other side characters, like in a horror movie like this, you can sort of take them or leave them when they die. Yeah. But I thought their dynamic was really great because, you know, like they were kind of taking care of each other and looking out for her totally. and, and helping her out. And then, you know, she was scratching their back when she got all the dough. And so I like, I, I really liked their dynamic. That was cool. Yeah. There was like, there was just some of the stuff like, what's weird is like, I think this movie is like, for me personally, it's like eight out of 10. Like if I had to give it like a personal, sure. How much I love it? Like an eight out of 10. But there's still some like real goofy shit that kind of like goes unquestioned or or, or unanswered. Like, like the the fact that he had photos of his brother being murdered, and if he really was murdered, like there would have been police, and like the coroner's office would have came, and they would have bagged him, attacked him. They staged that. Cause they were working that. together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she could have looked it up. Looked what up? His death. You're telling me the dude's about to give you five million, four mil? You ain't gonna really Google him, make sure he's dead, dead? Of course he died. That's what happened. They made the arrangements. He's the he's a rich he's like a Mark Zuckerberg. How hard is it for that guy to figure? Man, that? my my mom and my friend would have googled it and been like, "What are you Google? No it wouldn't matter if you googled it. It was online. They showed us the article. She did. Google he showed it. us a printout. Oh wait, did she look it up? She showed it on her phone. She handed her phone over to her. Right? Did that was someone? Didn't was that someone giving her? Oh yeah, because it was like visionary boss. Yeah, he, he just owns he all of them. He just faked his own death. That's all. Which is fine. I mean, he's a billionaire tech guy. Of course, he can do that. I would have been like, "Let me see them ashes, like a like a box of folders." I'm sure if she had asked to see the ashes, they would have been ashes. It would have been some. They thought that through. <laughs> some homeless guy. They thought that through. San Francisco. <laughs> they totally thought that through. I, I okay. there were plot. There were definitely plot holes. I don't get me wrong. Like I, I thought the dog that I heard everyone complaining about online actually isn't a plot hole. The dog actually is an incredibly cool giveaway clue. Right. The fact that the dog is just 
thriving at home by himself with no one apparently taking care of him is because there's someone at home taking care of him. Right. right? So that part was fine. That's I, what I thought I, I kind of figured that when the dog was there, I was like, because clearly the Invisible Man is fucking there. Clearly, right. The funniest thing I heard was from Alex and Jenny on the way home because we, we went to see this with our significant others and they were they were like trying to puzzle out the transportation situation where the Invisible Man was driving from his mansion to God knows where in Southern California, which they were like, that would take hours and hours and hours. Yeah, someone, some, one of the comments I saw was like, the Invisible Man brought to you by Lyft. <laughs> And the Uber driver thing was ridiculous, right? dude. That was that was that was like a four grand Uber ride. Well, the Uber the the ride was was one thing, but then the second thing was play this out. She goes to the house in the right. in the Uber. The Uber waits for her outside. Then she's sneaking around the house. Then he comes home to the house where she's playing cat and mouse with him, like like whatever, but he clearly knows she's there because he, how did he not see the Uber in this driveway? Right. Right. Like, and how did he not kill the Uber driver or send him away? All right. Here's what I want you to know yes. right now. Are you doing the map? Of uh, Uber feed? I'm doing the lift, uh, from our current location to San Francisco airport. <laughs> just the, just to see, I don't know if it's going to give me an actual, it's probably not even going to let you do it. Yeah, it's probably going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So, <laughs> but anyway, the, it, the, you can find plot holes, and we said this online, you can find plot holes in in any movie that deals with time travel or invisibility or superpowers or things like that. There's plot holes in 2001 A Space Odyssey. If Kubrick couldn't do no plot holes for that kind of thing, then you know there's going to be plot holes in, in this in this. Thriller. Was there anything in the movie that bothered you? Yes, there were several things that bothered me. The email was the most egregious. Thing that was kind of that bothered me. The thing that that the the way I I had to fight to sell it to myself, which is already means that you're losing, if you're the movie. Where if I'm in my theater seat struggling to make sense of it, like whatever. I guess you could say that he'd lived with her long enough to be able to write in her style, mm -hmm. so that the email seemed believable, right? Because he was writing, he would. Presumably, what he put in the email was all the stuff she secretly confessed or he gathered how she feels about the sister over the years, and then he said it. And it's close to true. So, so, sister so, that, so, that, digging at. so that so that the sister took it as real, right? It was still dumb, and it, but it was fine because I heard people actually complaining about that scene and didn't know what it meant before because I heard it before I watched the movie and I thought it was going to be a bigger deal than it was, but she really gets right pretty fast. Like she, she comes, they, they reconcile as sisters pretty soon after it. Yeah. Cause her sister's like, yo, I'm going to buy dinner. And she's like, all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> which leads to the best scene in the movie by far, which is the restaurant scene. The restaurant scene was spectacular. Right? The restaurant scene was the best. I, I think the paint scene comes in right behind it. Mm -hmm. Cause like the theater fucking lost it at that paint scene. Like yeah. Alex, Fucking like gave out amazing like two screams. Yep, that was a two scream scene. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> um, but that the was, restaurant scene was like the coolest fucking. The restaurant scene was super cool. And what people are gonna underplay about that scene? So they're gonna love what the director did, as I do, and they're gonna love what the Invisible Man did because they're horror fans and it's it's a horror moment. It's a it's a really memorable horror moment. But the reason that scene works is because Elizabeth Moss has conveyed so much emotional distress to us at that point 
that she's reaching for her last lifeline. And he is literally going to cut her last lifeline with a knife (laughs) right in front of her and then have the world think that she did it, which is the worst outcome, right? Not only are you now isolated and not only are you now alone and not only are you now framed and not only is your life like ruined, but on top of that, everyone thinks it's you, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like it was literally the worst outcome. So it was, it was pretty amazing how it was executed, but it was just the, if you, we posted a picture from the scene on, and on our Facebook uh, page and just the tension in her face, just from the screenshot. Everyone says she looks like Jack Nicholson. It's heart wrenching. Yeah. In the, which was in She's the, got the eyebrows. Which, right. Exactly. Which was, which was incredible. So all of that worked amazing. The paint scene worked amazing. The whole setup to the paint scene, which is the attic part was incredible. That right? was really good. The fact picture. that the ladder, which was kind of like a, like a, a weird, it was her, it was Elizabeth Moss's, Moss's first, her character's first flare moment. Right. So like the invisible man gets all this flair. Right? Yeah. He gets all these moments. She's she's struggling so hard. We don't get to see her have a lot of flair. She's just afraid to even go outside and check the mail. Right. When we meet her. But um, the flair of I want to give a running gift to this family that's been nice to me, but I'm going to fake them out and think that all I got him was a crappy ladder was the first moment of like humor and practical joke stuff and like whatever, where you got to see that she had an interesting person buried inside of her under all the trauma and fear and stress. Right. Right. I thought that was really cool because, because she needs to make chess moves against the invisible man and someone who's, who's playing great chess has to have a great imagination. Yeah. There was also a lot of ladders in this movie. It opens up with her grabbing a little step ladder. Yep. Then it goes to a wooden ladder. Yep. Then it goes to the big ladder. Yep. Then it goes to Jacob's ladder. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's the last shot of her going up the stairs. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is literally, and it's funny because we we saw Birds of Prey. We loved Birds of Prey, right? And saw and, it twice. And the thing was, like the 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 emancipation of Harley Quinn. But the idea behind it is, it's like the rise of Harley Quinn, right? right? The true Harley Quinn. And we keep getting these pictures of female characters rising. So this happened in Shudder's Revenge that we loved so much. That right? was a good movie. So best, it, right? I'm still saying it. Best, best. No, I said it when we re- reviewed it. Nothing's come close. Best use of gore. Best use of gore. Still. But, but the, the fi- if you go back and you look at the final shots of Revenge and look at the final shots of this, they look very similar. And there's a reason they the look. The last right. shot of Harley Quinn. Because they're eating an egg sandwich. They're telling the same story to story. And then if you flip it, right? So what's the antithesis of Harley Quinn or Elizabeth Moss's character? It's the Joker, right? That's as opposite of these characters as you can get. Yeah. So what's the image of the Joker going downstairs, right? So like filmmakers are visually working this shit out. Like they know they they know what they're doing, right? It's incumbent on us to catch it. So it's pretty cool how this ended because this was and the last thing you see of Invisible Man is he's going down the heck. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, He's got his and throat and, slit. and that was another thing. So, what was also really cool about that, that how that was executed, the ending now is that he was he was making Elizabeth Moss's character feel crazy the whole time. Actually, both of them were him and his yeah, brother, yeah. right? Her brother, his brother was the worst. And we got to talk about the brother because he was, I thought he was amazing. I thought he was, he was I great. I thought he was the best actor in the movie. Yeah. But, uh, right. Shit. Uh, I'm mad. 
besides Elizabeth Moss. He like did so much with so little with that character. But anyway, we're here at the ending. And what's happening is, so what does the invisible, it seems like what the invisible man has is he has all the resources, right? He has the ability to invent crazy mad scientist shit, right? He's, he's super smart in the way he can foresee what people are going to do and respond to what they're going to do in advance. And, you know, like whatever, he knows how to use the invisibility better than any character that, right. in, in, that's ever used invisibility, at least for nefarious ends. Right. So he has all these things on his side, all these resources on his side. And Elizabeth Moss seems to have nothing. But as we find out, she's super strong, which we saw from the opening. She also thought ahead. The way she escaped that was like step by step by step, right? Mm -hmm. And then she has the sense of humor, the practical joking of the latter thing. So she has the imagination to fake people out, which is where she's flexing those muscles, like whatever. But at the end, that's the first time. So we've been watching Elizabeth Moss act to this whole movie. But we haven't watched her character act at all. Her character has worn her emotions on her sleeve the entire movie. When she's upset, she looks upset. When she's scared, she looks scared. When she's happy, she looks happy. That's all we have. Ever the other people in this movie, when we meet them, right? They're acting like like when the guy's like, "I'm going to give you a whole bunch of money every month," you know, because the you know whatever. He's acting like he's on her side, but he's not, mm-hmm. right? So like we're meeting all these characters who aren't what they seem, and she's totally what she seems the whole time. Until the end. In the end, she kills, she slits his throat, but he's dying. He's not dead yet. And then she leaves the security camera and her face changes like that, right? Like instantly. She's like, oh my God, oh my God, 911. And then as soon as she gets out of the security camera line, her face goes completely cold. And it's the first time we're seeing her act Mm -hmm. the entire movie, right? So literally it's like she's telling him, I learned all of this from you and now I'm better at it. Thank you. Die. <laughs> right. Which is such a cool way to end it. And it gave, I like, I like it when films like they give the audience information and her putting the, the, the invisibility suit in the cabinet and then her being like, I'm going to go clean myself up. I'm like, Oh, she ain't going to yeah. do that. She's going to put on the suit. You're going to die. Like just knowing that that's what she was going to do. And then her doing like, it just, it yep. just met all the expectations. And then, and what was it. cool was because also the what the movie did was it gave us that moment where she hesitates in there. So she goes into the bathroom. She's like, I can clean myself up. And easily at that point, we could just go to the mayhem scene. Like literally she could disappear and then we could just be back with the guy and like whatever. But what was two things happened that were really cool. One was we got a moment where I don't even know if it was hesitation, but we got a moment and she might've just been buying time to make it a plausible amount of time being in the bathroom. I don't, who knows, Mm -hmm. but we cut to a shot of her just standing there in the mirror being thoughtful. And then we cut back to him and then she emerges, but we don't know it. And then she, she, she destroys him. So there was this moment where we spent time with her where she was just considering, right? Because the Invisible Man never considers. This this idiot, all he wants to do is... Hurt people. Is, is, yeah, is be, right, exactly. Yeah. So, so we there's no there was never... If you would cut to him in, in his private moment in the bathroom, like, like he would have never... He'd have been there, like, checking his Apple Watch. To, like, <laughs> he's not thinking about anything emotional, right? Right. But the second thing was we get the first amazing POV shot from a not Elizabeth Moss point of view. Did you catch that? Because when we go to the bathroom, then we spend that hesitation moment, then we cut back to him and he's sitting at the at the table and then we get the long shot. 
So it's him, oh, yeah, and then it like cuts him. from his eyes, and you're looking down this long table, down the long empty space behind the table, and it's the first time the camera gave us this, you better check for invisible people. But it doesn't make sense to us for a second because the invisible man is right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why are we checking for invisible people? And then we realize why we're checking for invisible people. But it gave us that long hallway shining twin shot right before all hell broke loose. But from his point of view, and I thought that was amazing that it did that. Really cool way to end it. I mm. like the movie. Yeah, I, I think it's tremendous. It mm. surprised the hell out of me. I really did not expect it from the trailers to be as good as it was. Yeah, it, it had w- no business being that great. <laughs> it was really, really good. And, you know, the weird thing also is that I'm not the biggest fan of Upgrade, I le- which is Lee when I was last one. Yeah. I lo- I a lot like- of people dug it. Yeah, I, 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 a lot of people liked it. And I thought it, that one, somehow the ending sort of ruined that one for me because it was unnecessarily hostile and cold, which I'm usually down mm-hmm. for, but was it just didn't feel right. This one was the perfect balance. That's the thing is I feel like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. grown. The fact that he did something as good as Upgrade and then grew from it is That's pretty amazing. Sign. That's a great sign. I'm excited to see what he does next. So well, he signed a deal with, he, I think, like NBC Blumhouse or something like that. So, like, then he's you're going to be seeing a lot from him probably, <laughs> so, well, probably I'm, soon. I'm all for it because he did an amazing job. All right. So let us know what you think of Invisible Man. Leave us a very good, positive, don't be, don't Yeah, don't leave an invisible review. Don't leave an invisible review. Leave a very visible, yeah. the, the visible review. <gasps> I don't have that great of eyesight. So, like, sometimes I see less than what's there. So give us seven star reviews. Seven review. stars. It'll look like five. And I'll be fine. And then we'll feel good. And until next time, stay scary. Watch your horror movies.